everybody. I'm Kayla. And I'm Will. And welcome to the Take 5 podcast. Where we're going to take some time to figure out which of the two of us has the better taste in movies. And how we're going to do that is week by week and uh, giving a top five list of a category, obviously related to film. And we post a podcast. We're going to post a poll on our social media pages, letting you guys vote to see which of us had the better list. Yeah, so that's how it goes. So this week we decided to tackle the... Pixar movies. So before we start, though, we're going to tell you guys a little bit about ourselves since it is the first episode, and we're going to start with Kayla. Yeah, so my name is Kayla, and I am a student here at Stanislaus State. I'm a communications major, and movies are my passion. And as for me, my name is Will. I'm not a student at Stanislaus State. I go to Fresno State, but I also have a passion for movies, not as much as she does, but... Yeah, I'm just here to talk about what I know, and I don't know a lot, but we're just going to have fun with it. Yeah, so let's start out with our lists. So how we're going to do this is we're just going to list off our five, top to bottom, and then we're going to talk about it, just things that stick out, things that we disagree with, and go from there. So I guess I'll start with my list. My number five is Inside Out, and my number four is Toy Story 2. My number three is Monsters, Inc. My number two is Incredibles. And rounding my number one is Toy Story. So as for me, my number five is Toy Story 3. My number four is Inside Out. My number three is Toy Story 1. My number two is Monsters, Inc. And my number one is Incredibles. How could you choose Toy Story 3 over Toy Story 2? Because it's it's the better of the two. No, I I think what diminishes Toy Story 3 in total is how they're making a Toy Story 4 because it just takes away from especially the ending that they had because it was a perfect ending. I don't know. But that, but that doesn't make it, like, you can't say that a, a movie that hasn't even come out yet takes that away from a movie that's already here. No, but okay, but you could at least agree with me that when they ended Toy Story 3, that it was... that no, it was, yeah, it is. It was, it was the perfect ending and obviously the fact that they're making another one is kind of, okay, like, where else can they go with it? I mean, you can say that about every Pixar sequel Every Pixar movie ended the way it needed to. Like, you could say that about Toy Story 2, that it ended fine, and we didn't need a 3. But we got a 3. But, I mean, there's room for more. Why not? Like, it's it's raking in the cash. Is It appeals to, like, all audiences, kids, adults, people that have seen the first three. And to me, it was it just ticked every box of a perfectly executed Pixar film. Okay, what are your boxes? Tell me. Well, since it's a sequel, I'd stay true to the tone of the first two. For me, Toy Story 2, it has that rewatchability factor that I don't feel Toy Story 3 has. That That's just honestly my personal opinion. I, I'm probably honestly in the minority. I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people love Toy Story 3 more than they love Toy Story 2, now that I think about it. But I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I, I think Toy Story 3 is, uh, is the stronger of the two. Obviously, I, I have Toy Story 1 higher, but Toy Story 3 to me is just... It, like I said, it, it keeps the it keeps the right tone, and then it also manages to keep you laughing and, and interested throughout the whole film. And then at the end, it gives you the perfect like emotional like moment to just tug at your heartstrings twice. The first one when they're holding hands in the in the furnace, and then the second one at the end when Andy gives away his toys, which is like like you said, it's the perfect ending. Like that, we wouldn't have gotten to four. Like I would have been completely okay with just like boom, that's the end of the Toy Story movies. But we're getting a four, so okay, obviously it's not the end. I just think overall, like 
the tone, the way the plot moved, and and the new villain with Lotso. Lotso is like a perfect antagonist, a perfect villain, and he was like super easy to just root against, and because because Lotso just had like I loved his backstory, like the backstory he had where he got betrayed by a kid, so he's like mm-hmm. against humans altogether. Like it's it's. It's it's just it's just it, it was just it was just great to me like it's a really it's just an overall great film but like let's not spend too much time on it. Your number one was Toy Story, the original Toy, Toy Story. Story one. Yeah. yeah. So okay, there's something we do agree on is the fact that Toy Story one is up there. Without Toy Story, I feel like we can't really have any of all these other movies. You know what I mean? It's like the foundation of Pixar's oh, yeah. Toy Story. So I guess that's why mostly I put it as my number one. And I don't know. I feel like it's also different than all the other movies. It just has a different tone. It always has like a darker tone, especially when they go to like Sid's house. Toy Story One. Yeah, Toy Story One. Oh yeah. It's, if you think about what they do to that poor kid, like it's it's <laughs> they they scarred him for life, and like at the, and then the third one when you see that he's like you know a the, trash the, yeah. a trash guy, it's mm-hmm. like okay, like that's what they did to him. They made sure that he didn't go to college, didn't get an education, and so he's just picking trash now, and it's sad. <laughs> it's sad once you get into like the actual timeline of what happened. Like they destroyed his life. You think it was because of that? I don't so know. I, no, I'm just okay. kidding. But um, no, Toy Story one, yeah, it's it's a great it's a great movie, and I love that whole dynamic with with Buzz and Woody, and how Woody's jealous of Buzz, and he has to basically get over himself, and that whole friendship that um, you know develops throughout the movie, you know, and and just Buzz being like that, you know, the new guy on campus, and like being like that cool new toy, and like I remember just as a kid seeing him and like thinking like that's a toy that I would want, like. Like, that's a toy that, like, I would want to own and I would think, like, is as cool as everyone there is thinking. So it's, like, they just played that up so well. And Woody being, like, a, a, a you know, a plush cowboy and everything and, and him just feeling, like, useless now. It's just, like, it's just, it, was just, it, was just, it was just beautifully, like, presented and one of my favorite parts of that movie. But, like, even the supporting cast, like... I think that what else they did that it was a really good job was, I don't know, even as a kid, I remember watching this movie as a kid and thinking, my toys... Come probably come alive when I'm not in the room. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm pretty sure all kids thought that. I, I think that I think that they did that very well. As like I, making it seem real to kids. I don't know. And then like even though it's like like we said earlier, like it's a darker tone, it still appeals to children. You know what I mean? I oh yeah. Like, yeah. That's like, the thing is is they did a really good job at making sure that. Um, that's the thing that Pixar does so well is making sure that their movies are. Are appealing to all age demographics. Like an adult can go in and enjoy any Pixar movie. See, yeah, and 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 not to like pit them like against Disney, but I feel like when it comes to Disney movies, like I know that there's two separate branches, but I know that they all fall under the same umbrella. Mm -hmm. Like when it comes to Disney movies, like I like their movies. Like okay, Moana, I really like that movie, but then once you rewatch them like over again i feel like they just get less and less especially like with frozen i remember i watched frozen i really liked it and then as i watched the second time i'm like it's kind of cheesy and then as i kept like if i ever watched it i don't know so like that's what like with pixar i've yeah no i agree with you i like well first first uh i agree with the fact that pixar does do a better job at at appealing to adults i think disney does a decent job at that too Mm -hmm. like uh like you know we saw moana together and we Mm -hmm. saw like that's the thing is like the I think the themes in both of their movies appeal to adults like in Coco of like you know okay but that that's Pixar yeah I know what I'm saying is like the theme in Coco of, uh, of like great yeah it was just like you know uh, like 
theme of family and togetherness and um you know putting putting family first even ahead of you know whatever you want for yourself and i think that's a, a great message that we can all apply to as as adults as kids as teenagers whatever it may be and then you look at a movie like moana where it kind of has like a similar thing with like family and wanting to branch off on your own but also having to you know be true to your family's traditions she wants to go and like adventure or whatever mm-hmm. but her family wants her to stay on the island and and run it um again a very applicable but i think also another thing is like obviously disney movies are like relying on the music mm-hmm. whereas pixar is more relying on, on the plot and, and the dialogue and that stuff and 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 this is it's different but mm-hmm. like they're both successful at what they do mm-hmm. but like back to the pixar thing yeah i think we're back to Toy Story. Let's talk about what's probably one of your favorite scenes from Toy from Story. From Toy Story 1? Yeah, from Toy Story 1. Toy Story 1. The original I think one. one of my favorite scenes is... I think one of my favorite scenes um, from Pixar in general is is when Buzz sees the commercial of himself. And he, and he realizes that he's he's a toy. Oh, and my gosh. Because he has, he has a reality check, too. Where, mm-hmm. well, whereas Woody has one. And I think that's another awesome thing is that, like... There's but, such, like... A, like human themes kind of within it's, like a toy yeah. that like just just the idea of like you're not like the popular one anymore and it just in terms of like you could even put this in terms of like kids in school and like of course everybody gravitates towards the new kids i mean i don't know about now i mean we're adults i think like just people just gravitate towards yeah. certain like athletes in high school or right? even yeah that too yeah i think people just grab and you like that that I mean, we you, like you can relate to Woody and his sense mm-hmm. of like insecurity and and um, fear of like mm-hmm. losing his friends over mm-hmm. someone else in in the circle, you know, becoming the alpha. And it's yeah, again, it's like so cool to see even the alpha now, Buzz, get like you know taken off his pedestal and shown. You know, we mm-hmm. all we basically that idea of just being humbled and realizing that you're not a you're like you're not a superhero. Mm-hmm. You're just like one of us. Like you're just like a I mean, in the case of us, you're just a human being. Yeah. And you're not perfect. You're not above anyone else. And I think that's, like, such a cool message and such a cool scene. Just, like, and it's it's emotional, you know, seeing him realize that, seeing him come to terms with that. And it's just, like, and that's in a kid's movie, so. Right? I mean, the fact, I mean, it, I mean people, the people there, like, at Pixar, they're, they're, like, top class at what they do. Like, no one does it better than them, and you see that in movies like that. And you saw it for the first time in that movie. Yeah, uh, like, that's what I was going to say, too, is that's probably one of my favorite scenes in that movie, too, like, that I mentally picked in my head before you said that, is I think just the whole, like, when they're in Sid's house, when, like, after he sees the commercial and then he, like, he's the, he goes to the tea party, I don't know, just, like, that whole, like, him seeing the commercial and then that happening, or that, like, sad scene where he tries to fly and, and he just falls, is that... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that too. I don't know. It just all hits you in an emotional spot. I don't yeah, know. it's cool. It's it's sad to see Buzz, you know. And he basically becomes like depressed. Like, yeah, he that. is depressed. He becomes a shell of himself, which is crazy to see too. But I mean, I have that one third, mm-hmm. and the reason. But the movie that I have one is The Incredibles. And that's my second. And that's your number two. And the reason why I put it above mm-hmm. Toy Story and I put it number one above all is is just the fact that that Pixar was able to make like literally one of the best superhero movies. They ever, say it's like the be- the better Fantastic Four in a it way. It is. It is. It's it, it it's what a Fantastic Four movie supposed mm-hmm. to be. 
obviously it was a different like you know plot and story because you know the Fantastic Four is a whole different deal. Yeah. But again, yeah, it's just a, a team a team of four superheroes teaming up against a bad guy syndrome. Okay, like let's just for a moment talk about syndrome as a villain because like I can sit here and argue that out of all the superhero movies that I've seen, he's probably one of my favorite and most stable villains. I mean, take away, like, and I'm talking about all superhero movies, so take away, like, Heath Ledger's Joker because, you know, mm-hmm. no one can t- really top that. Like, he's, a, like, his backstory and his motives for what he, like, why he's upset with Mr. Incredible is, I just think, fantastic. And, and the way that they put it in, it's like, it's not that it was a flashback, like, they told the story mm-hmm. and then they flashed forward. I thought it was fantastic because you can relate like you can relate to wanting to hang out with the like like the or I, I think of it as like when I really wanted to hang out with my aunt or my uncle when I was little because I don't have older siblings and then them like telling me no or you know obviously that like upsets you and infuriates you obviously he took it to a different level I don't know I think he's such a great villain he is and I think I think the key thing with any villain really is just making him sympathetic and that's mm-hmm. what I think they did so well like you said that that um that that conflict that he has and, and that thing that we all the thing that they tell everyone is to never meet your heroes mm-hmm. because um, they'll never be as great as great as you I had them in your head as you idealize them to be um and I think this is like a perfect example of that because he meets Mr. Incredible and obviously he's a little overbearing mm-hmm. and a little more like he literally tries to force himself to be a sidekick mm-hmm. which I don't like and Mr. Incredible acts like any human being would and is like, no, this is... Well, yeah, like, in in the situation that they're in, like, it's in a, like, a serious situation. He's, like, trying to, like, instill himself in it. Obviously, as, like, an adult and a little kid, you'd be like, no, like, come on, like, we we would do it anybody, any little kid, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, that's the thing that I love so much. And that's that's one of the reasons why um, I enjoyed the villains that I've enjoyed. That's the reason why I enjoyed um, Killmonger and Black Panther and Heath Ledger's Joker and um, Loki and Thor, whatever. All, like all those villains are sympathetic people. Like you can sympathize. How is Heath Ledger's Joker sympathetic? I mean, we don't know his backstory. Because he's damaged. You can tell he's damaged, and you you can tell. But that do you think you could tell he's damaged because you, as a Batman fan, because we? Well, I mean, I know that Batman's your favorite. I mean, you watch the animated series, you've read the comic books, and you know, like that he's damaged. But I mean, mm. coming from a perspective of just of just watching the movie of just watching the film like you just i don't think you know so much that he's damaged you just think he's crazy or I mean, something's wrong with you could him. you could opt like um jared leto did and just tattoo damage on your forehead okay but that's a different i'm just kidding no but um no that's not the reason why you know he's damaged is because you can you can see it in the way that he tells the the stories that the the, the stories that he tells for how he got to, how he got his okay the like yeah, and you can just you can just tell that that even though like and that's what Heath Ledger does so well is mm-hmm. communicating like when he tells those stories you can tell that although they might not be true like there's pain in, in that like mm-hmm. in that man in Joker the man. I'm and not th- think, I'm not saying that he's not. I'm just saying like he's just a he's he's you can tell he's been through a lot like you can tell like someone hurt the man like he didn't just wake up like that on a on a Sunday and continue to live his life that way like but. That's beside the point. Yeah, let's take it back, back. Back to back to the Incredibles. I think like besides the fact, besides Syndrome, which I think is definitely like my favorite villain from all Pixar films. That's mm-hmm. um, 
yeah, he just he's very he's he's a sympathetic figure and, and his revenge plot mm-hmm. to make himself the the hero that he always literally forced himself to be the hero that he always wanted to be is it's just so it just makes so much and it's so poetic and it makes sense and like um the way he toys with, with Mr. Incredible like he's just he's he you can like there's a you can tell like his scheme it makes sense and sometimes that's a problem with like like villains is like their scheme just won't make sense like their mm-hmm. plan won't make sense and like you you see that in in certain movies where it's just like it's just so convoluted that like all right well like how did you get all this together and how did this like there's so many coincidences like with him it was just like okay boom 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 and it all made sense and then like just the family dynamic with the Incredibles themselves mm-hmm. like again like one of my favorite parts of of any Pixar movie is just that like the whole midlife cri- crisis that Mr. Incredible goes through and and him like you know finding himself again in, in, in that like side jobs in those side jobs he gets from basically syndrome like yeah it's just i think like it's a little i'm a little biased because i just love superhero movies in general and and just that idea of comic books and 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 pixar making one and doing it so well it's like it's gonna shoot it up to like my top five and in this case my number one so no i understand i understand why it's your number one and i'm not gonna fight you on that because it's probably one of my favorites i mean it's up there you know what i mean but um well what what puts toy story above it then i think the main reason why i put toy story as my number one in this case right now is because like one i knew you were gonna put like i don't want us to both come in and be like we both have incredibles as our number one because what's the fun in that you know what i mean like and then also just because i feel like I don't know. I just, like, and I was thinking about it, too. Like, the last time I went to Disneyland, I mean, I bought a Toy Story hoodie, like, out of all the characters I could. You know what I mean? And, like, I just feel like I resonate so much with Toy Story. And I really love Toy Story, too. And I think the reason why I love Toy Story, too, so much is because the Jessie aspect. And just as a girl, like, I'm telling you, that scene where they, like, it's her and she's telling her story, it gets me every time. And especially as a little girl watching that movie, it got me so good and I always would tear up because, like, and especially growing up, I would think, oh, my toys, like, I totally abandoned my toys because I got older, I got into different interests, you know? But that's why, like, I just think Toy Story as a whole, and even Toy Story 3, I mean, they all, it all just gets me, more as as like and I love comic books and I love comic book movies but you have that special tie because of when you were little you know what I mean and and maybe that's why I choose that to your number one but the reason <clears throat> for me is just I don't know I just Toy Story as a whole I, I don't know for me it's just it has just such a special place in my heart but I mean rewatchability yeah Toy Incredibles probably beats it okay. Toy Story for me like fair enough I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you on that because I love Incredibles and then watching Incredibles. Okay, so it came out in 2004, so I was what? Like eight, eight or, nine. eight or nine. I just totally wanted to be Violet. Like, I was like, I want to be a superhero, and I want to be her. And I had black hair, long black hair, and I was like, that's my girl, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's what I want to be. So I like, I totally resonated. I totally loved it, too. Yeah, I, it's just, and it's going to be, and I like like we said earlier, like, a lot of Pixar movies, you could argue, like, they could have ended and without a sequel. 
like you say about Nemo and stuff. But I think Incredibles is the one where we all wanted a sequel. Oh my god! Because they left us on such a cliffhanger, and they did it so well. And like I think if they would have never given us Incredibles two, I think just that idea of wondering what it would have been like was cool in itself. But the fact that we're getting it is is like so cool and. Like, it's coming soon, and, and we just got a new trailer for it. Do you see the trailer? That's what I was going to ask you. Have you seen the trailer? Okay, mm-hmm. so, like, I mean, yeah, I don't know if it, we're really spoiling anything I, talking about it, but how do you think the new movie is going to be? I think they're going to tackle the adult themes so well of that, like, Mr. Incredible has to be a stay-at-home dad, and he's kind of jealous that, you know, um, um, Helen, that's her name, Helen Barr, right? Miss, Miss, Mrs. Incredible, Incredible? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that she's gonna be in the spotlight now, and like she even says, like, oh, to get the superheroes on the map, he's like, well, what about me? Like, why not me? You know, and I don't know. I think they're gonna tackle it. So I have such high hopes for this movie, and I don't know if I should probably bring them down a notch because I'm just so stoked. I think we all have the, the, yeah. like all of our hopes are that high. Um, so it's, it's yeah, and I agree. I think that the conflicts that they're presenting in the trailers is, is going to be really interesting to see unfold. But back to the list, um, a movie that we both had on there as well was Inside Out. You had it at... Well, okay, so I had Inside Out as five, okay. but I had Monsters, Inc. at three. I had it's, I had Inside Out as four. And Did you have Monsters, Inc. on your list? I had Monsters, Inc. as two. Oh, okay, so do you want to talk about Monsters, Inc.? Or do you want to talk about Inside Out? I mean, I we can talk about Inside Out and then move up to Monsters, Inc. Okay, so Inside Out. So... I had, uh, I was debating putting either Coco or Inside Out on this list just because I love Coco so much. I mean, I don't know. It's such a great movie to me. But I think Inside Out hit me at such a different level than most Pixar movies have just because of how deep it was of a movie in terms of, like, what they go through, or just, like, giving your emotions emotions or dealing with emotions or just, I don't know. I, like, I remember watching the movie, and I walked out going, like, wow. I watched it more than once in theaters, like, because I remember I went and watched it with, we went and watched it together. Mm-hmm. And then I went and took Natalia, which is my little sister. I went and took her to see it. And and I, so I watched it with an adult and watched it with a child. Like, you guys both loved it. But just the way, I don't know, it was just so emotional and so deep, and I just I just resonated with, resonated with it so well. I don't know, just the ideas and the, like, that they present, because, uh, like, obviously, like, when her, like, um, little um, island, they start breaking off, she, like, goes depressed. I don't know, just, like, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. What do you what do you, what do you think about? It? Tell me about. It. Tell me about it. No, I I agree with you. I think that the themes and and the um just the overlying theme of the movie and you know, as a whole is th- there's one thing I will say about Inside Out is that it is the most intelligent Pixar movie. It's the it's the most well thought out Pixar movie and the yeah. most penetrating in terms of just like what we go through on a daily basis because mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite parts of it all was at the end when um, happiness or joy, 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 mm-hmm. joy realizes that um, sadness is good. That mm-hmm. sadness is okay. That and you that, need sadness. That you need you, you. You can't live without sadness. And like, um, 
I think that's the thing. Something a lot of us go through is just uh, as as people is just realizing that we can't pretend like everything's okay all the time. And every now and then, you just have to be sad, be not okay, mourn or or cry or or just that like sadness will eventually lead to happiness. Yeah, exactly. And that and that that mourning or that sadness is is gonna uh, provide just provide you with like a, a freedom like just freedom to, to feel okay again and really okay not just like faking it and i think that 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 whole thing is like awesome because like and they did it so well and they did it so um so just so just so intelligently so like and like i think another thing is just that idea of like coming of age and just forget like you had the what was it ping pong or bing bong bing bong oh my gosh that scene yeah and just oh that scene i cried in the theaters when that whole bing bong scene happened i mean that was so tragic and so sad because i mean not that every child has an imaginary friend when they're little but i mean some do but just the or just i think just the idea of like growing up and leaving behind mm mm-hmm. Like, your childhood is such a sad thing. Like, especially in the way that they showed it right there. So sad. And as adults watching it, or, like, just not children watching it, it's just such a sad thing to remind ourselves that, like, yeah, we're not children anymore. We're getting older. We got got older. We're not kids anymore. We don't, we don't just, you know, we don't, we don't live that way forever, obviously. We don't have the imaginary, like, I'm pretty sure, like, none of us are holding on to an imaginary friend anymore. Like, mm-hmm. that's gone. And I mean, it's, again, like, one of my favorite things about that movie is just how they present that, how mm-hmm. they present growing up, how they present yeah, change, how- changes in your life. Like, not just, like, growing up, but, like, obviously she's so sad because she had to move away, right? Because mm-hmm. they moved. Yeah, they moved, yeah. So that's what so that kick-started it was yeah. that she had to start a new school she had to leave a whip behind her friends and i and then seeing like she was i think you know what i'm so sorry i'm thinking of Coraline in my head there's like the same scene my bad take that out <laughs> like because i was gonna say like <coughs> i was gonna say the scene where like no that isn't that is where they're they're talking she's talking to her friend and they're talking about how they got a new player on their team that's an inside out. Oh yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah, that is. Okay. Never mind. She plays some She plays hockey. Hockey. Yeah. That's okay. where she plays hockey. Yeah, and so they have and she just gets kind of like jealous. Is that what yeah. 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 I don't know. I haven't seen the movie in, in a little bit. But yeah. So what is your favorite emotion in that movie? My favorite emotion? Yeah, that that they portray. Like which one's your favorite? I think um joy and happiness are obviously the ones with the most death. Um, okay, but I didn't ask depth. I said, "What's your favorite?" My favorite, honestly, it's probably Joy. Yeah, Joy. Yeah, I think I think that uh, she just has one of the probably the most interesting character arc. I'm just like, she, in a, in a, like at at, at 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 like one point, she starts to like become grating because you f- you sympathize more with with sadness because mm-hmm. like. She, Joy is like mistreating her mm-hmm. sadness, and it's well, like yeah, she's kind of mean. Yeah, she's very mean, and she yeah. doesn't want her around. And it's like just that character arc of happiness realized, and happiness realizing that 
they need ha- they need sadness with them and just how like the 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 girl that they're inside of starts to fall Riley. apart. Yeah, Riley starts to fall apart without sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so cool because again, it just shows it, just, it keeps on showing how much you need that. You need a full range of emotions. You can't mm-hmm. be happy all the time yeah. as much as you, we would all like to be. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as twenty four seven like not twenty four yeah twenty four seven happiness. Um, so like right now at Disneyland they're having Pixar Fest. So I've caught like glimpses of people's stories that are there. They have like a inside they, they're doing the parade and they have like the inside out they have joy I think and sadness on a float and then underneath them is all the like memory orbs and they have like a whole bunch of like different little memory orbs underneath that I thought it was pretty cool that's cool that's cool and that's another scene too is, is oh is, the is how she puts the sadness into the memories oh that was cool that or like was... towards the end where you see that a lot of her memories are mixed with different emotions mm-hmm. you know what I mean and that's so cool because like happy memories like I think I think the first thing that comes to mind is like when someone passes, when someone dies, and someone passes away, um, like those memories you have of those people, or like even just a pet, like, like mm, yeah, yeah, like my like I mean, breaking like breaking news, everyone listening, my dog died not too long ago, mm-hmm. um, but like even just those memories that you share with like people or a pet, like there's joy there, but like when they when they go away and and you know they move on, uh, you know when they die. Um, those those memories hold sadness within them too and like it's it's so relatable because it's like it's so true like those memories aren't just happy memories anymore that they're all they also carry a little bit of sadness a little bit of like you miss that person or that that pet or that 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 place you used to live at or whatever it may be you know but you miss those things and and it's a combination of emotions it's not just oh my gosh it's i'm so happy like all the time to be thinking about them it's like no i miss them like and I think they portrayed it so well, so perfectly. And I mean, the way you, the way I'm talking about it, you think it'd be like my number one, right? But yeah. it's it's not. And it's like that's just. It. I mean, that just goes to show how well Pixar does things, you know. I yeah. like even when I was writing this this list, it like it took me a little bit just because of the fact that like I love all these movies so much, and it's so hard because I love them for different reasons. Like I mean, I'm pretty sure with other lists. It's easier to be like, okay, this is definitely my number one, and the rest, like, I can kind of figure out. But it's like with this one, I just, I, I love, I love. I think maybe, like, why it's not, like, like number higher on my list is maybe just because I don't rewatch it as much. Maybe I don't know. That's just not one I gravitate towards more. I don't know why. I mean, nothing like against it. I just, I think maybe that's why. I don't know. But one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Like I think just sound funny, like that makes me laugh is the commercial scene where like they throw the commercial or like I just think it's so funny because we've all had like jingles stuck in our head and you're like oh. <laughs> Yeah, and that this yeah, I mean that the way they portray the mind and, and memories is so perfect. Like yeah, the jingles and <laughs> all that stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um but, Okay, so I think one of the last movies that we're going to talk about our list is Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. So I have Monsters Inc. at my number three. And I have it at two. Okay. So let's talk about it. I mean Let's Okay. And it like when I think about the the movies and I think about like and we're going over these, I'm just like, oh, but I just love this movie and it's just so sad to rank them because I just I love Monsters, Inc. Like, that movie, I 
really just adore. I mean, I don't know. Mike Sully, like, or just, okay, like, back to, like, Pixar Fest. Like, how I showed you how they're having the Sully popcorn buckets out. Like, I want one so bad just because I love those characters. Yeah. Like, I oh, I don't know. And, and I think probably, mm-hmm. like, one thing that, mo- the reason why Monsters, Inc. is, one of the reasons why Monsters, Inc. is so high for me is um, John Goodman's voice acting. Him, oh, him yeah. as Sully is, is probably my favorite, like, performance by a, a voice actor in in a Pixar film. Um, I think he just fits the character so well. The look fits John Goodman's voice so well. I think everything about that character is just like, it's one of my favorite things I've ever seen on a screen mm-hmm. is that character of, of Sully. And um, yeah, he, he, and I think it's Billy Crystal, right? Who, who does Mike? Mike? Mike. I think that thing. they yeah. just perfectly accompany. Okay. But then that also makes me think about like back to Inside Out. Amy Poehler as does a Joy. great job as Joy. And then I forgot her name. Phyllis? Is that, well, I mean, that's her character in The Office. <laughs> I think that's her actual I name. I think that's her actual it's name, Phyllis, too. I think it's Phyllis. Look it up, but I think it's yeah, Phyllis Yeah, okay, so I think it's Phyllis, too. But her as Sadness, she's also really great. And then you just go back to, like, Buzz and Woody. Like, their voices. I think Pixar does a great job at casting. Oh, yeah. No, Pixar. Pixar's voice, voice actors are, are some of my... F- are are always usually spot on. Like it's it's rare that I'll hear a voice that doesn't fit. And and it, I think it's crazy too because when you think about casting in general and you think about like Disney and their animated movies, not so much that they don't get like top notch like voice actors or actors in general, but I just think about like I mean, I don't know. I just they're not as ma- like I just wonder how Pixar get. I mean, everybody, everybody wants to be in a Pixar movie, but they just get great voice actors and like popular you know mm-hmm. well I, yeah like i mean usually the titular characters are voiced by like pretty well-known people bar um except for coco i don't think i had heard of that kid before no um and, but i think I, I i i wasn't gonna bring up coco just because i know that they wanted to do like actual representation oh, in yeah. terms of and hispanic characters that was, that was great yeah i mean i've heard of some because of like i know the his dad he was on Jane the Virgin and I mean I just can me and my the sister, kid's dad yeah his dad like I know he was in a lot the kid, the yeah. kid, I mean uh, the kid that plays a uh, yeah uh, Miguel Miguel yeah Miguel's dad was on yeah Jane he was the on Virgin. his dad's on oh, Jane okay. the Virgin yeah and then the other actors I don't think I knew so much of but I mean his I like spotted but other than that yes Pixar does a great job at their voice acting but back to Monsters Inc so. I don't know. Like, I just, I have just such a big smile on my face thinking about that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we, I don't know. Okay, you take it off. Take it, take it. I mean, take it away. Take it away. <laughs> take it away. <laughs> take it away. I'm going to take it away. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Pick, uh, Monster Sync is, is such a cool, just that, that concept is so creative and so, like, uh, intricate. Just that idea of, like, monsters having their own community and then, like, playing into that idea that monsters hide in the closet and, and they come in and terrify kids and, and making it all real. Like, that's so cool. Like, it's 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 so creative and just, like, it's one of my favorite things, just that whole plot. Like, um, and, and again, the voice acting is, like, my favorite of any Pixar movie. Um, Randall, again, another great Pixar villain. Isn't that by Steve Buscemi? Is that? Yeah. yeah okay. Steve Buscemi, yeah. Um, again, yeah, like, a great Pixar villain. Um, again, playing into that whole envy, jealousy, like mm-hmm. aspect of, of 
of someone, you know? Well, yeah. Uh, just, yeah. I mean, we're all envious. our jealous creatures. I mean, yeah, we, we're, we're envious of people that are more successful than us. And Randall, you know, ex- exemplifies that. He's always second place. He's always second behind Sully. And well, I mean, yeah. Can you imagine your life of just always being second, second to somebody? Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's probably like. Especially like, in a workplace, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, you know, as adults, we all want to be the best at, at what we do, you know. Um, at least we if um, we all have the drive to be the best at what we do most of the time. Um, but, yeah, and he just, he, 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 he exemplifies that so well. Just that, that desire to be the best and, and it driving you to be sometimes, you know, evil or a bad person. Um, and... Again, so perfect, and and the whole the whole boo aspect is. Oh well, yeah. Like I mean, not that you need to make a character talk to like love that character, because I mean, I think of like Wally and the little like cockroach, or which the, yeah. Like I mean, not that we needed her to talk for her to be a lovable character, but the fact that she didn't, and I know like everybody like loves her. I mean, she's such a cute character. The the fl- the other robot. No boo. Oh, I thought you were talking about Wally. No, right sorry. Now. Yeah, my bad. Okay, so Boo. Yeah, she's so yeah, she's so cute and lovable and like, you know, you know a lot of people's favorite part of that movie is Boo. It's just how cute she is and stuff. And she is, she's adorable, like um and I think that she's such a uh like Sully like that whole gentle giant thing with Sully is 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 cool too, you know, we've seen it before. But again, they do it so well and so creatively, just like him falling like not falling in love, but um, coming to love the child, and like not wanting to let her go, and realizing that that they're different, but they're again and th- another great thing that they show is like they're different, but they're they're not here to hurt us, yeah. and and we're not there to hurt them, and we see that all come into fruition at the end where they end up going in to l- make the kids laugh oh, instead of scaring change? them, yeah. yeah, and it's like it's like it it just shows that you know just because they're different doesn't mean they're out to get us. And again, another like deep Pixar like message that you just get in this kids movie, and it's like, wow. But yeah, I think the one thing that sets Monsters Inc. apart for me is definitely the voice acting. Mm-hmm. John Goodman's um, Sully is like number one for me, like by bar none. Like so much fun to watch, so much fun to hear his voice. I, I like John Goodman's just a great actor in general, but you know his performance in there is is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, like, I've actually never thought about it in terms of voice acting as why it's one of your favorites. Definitely that it, like, it definitely they do, like, set it apart because they just fit so perfectly into their characters. I don't know. Just for me, I just, I just really love that movie. And that scene at the end, Pixar does such a great job at, like, tugging at your heartstrings in every single one of their movie like i'm pretty sure i've cried to at least i mean besides cars <laughs> like i've yeah. i've pretty much felt like even their shorts like the lava story short that they did where oh, the, the yeah. volcano yeah that but one even th- what what movie was that before finding dory finding dory that, yeah. Okay, yeah that was good. that was a good short yeah i think they're shorts yeah yeah even finding but, dory i mean I think Finding Dory, sad. Finding Dory has a special place in my heart just because it has the the whole um, uh, the whole um, like idea of understanding people with disabilities, oh, like how Dory, yeah. which is so cool, 
like I think that that was like representation that we need we needed in a movie and and they brought it and they did it so well. Well, yeah, because I recently did a project on disabilities or a, a presentation and I all did disability in films and in animation movies disability isn't represented. It's like two mm. percent, I think, like disability gets represented in animation films or in just children films in general. You know what I mean? So I think it's good that they that that was their main theme for their second movie. But yeah, in terms okay. of our list, I mean, I don't know how everybody else fares in terms of, because I know like my sister, Alyssa, her favorite Pixar movie is A Bug's, a Bug's Life. Life. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, I mean, I love honestly, A Bug's Life too. Honestly, like, honestly, like, well, let, let's, let's the, only, the only movies I could, con- like, I could contend, like, or like really just be like, no, I don't think like that makes sense. If people ever told me that, um, cars, cars, any of the cars movies were their number one. I would be like, "What is wrong with you? We need to have a talk. Like, what is going on? Like, th- I know there's things going on in your life. Like, <laughs> there's there's something in your heart that's bothering you for in order to make these decisions. Cars is a big one. Another one is the Good Dinosaur. Okay. Upon my first watch, okay, no, yes, it is a boring movie. It is a very boring movie. It's bad. Like, it's a bad movie. On my first watch, like, I thought they were so cute. I I can't go back and rewatch it. I watched it once, and that was probably it. It's a bad, like, I think, no, even, like, I think The Good Dinosaur, like, is the second, in my opinion, the second worst Pixar movie behind Only Cars 2. Like, have you seen Cars three? I actually haven't. That's it. That's so. I guess I don't think Cars one is a bad movie. I just think it it's just not, doesn't. It's not a bad movie. It, I, I don't go back and watch it. And no. I think that Cars it's, Land in in California Adventure is beautiful. And oh yeah, that's. I think that the way that they did it is just so magical, and I love going there. But I don't resonate with Cars at all. No, yeah, Cars Cars one is not a bad movie. It's like perfectly like passable, mm-hmm. and it works. Well, let's talk about some of our honorable mentions. Like, do you have any honorable mentions that Honor- you couldn't like make it on your list? So, like, honorable your- mentions. Um, for me. Okay, so some of my honorable mentions for me, like, I'm just gonna list them out, and then we can go off of them. So, Coco is one of mine. Um, Finding Nemo, Ratatouille, and A Bug's Life. I mean, those are pretty much those are my four honorable mentions. Like, I could make a good top ten, like with these movies. But so, I, like for me, I'll keep my honorable mentions to two, just to, um, not like put too many in there. But for me, definitely one is uh, Toy Story two, and then the other one would probably be Coco. Those mm-hmm. would be my two honorable mentions. Okay, <clears throat> so let's talk about Coco. I mean, it's it's fairly new in terms that it came out last November, but I'm pretty sure everybody who wanted to see it has seen it by now. I mean. It's out, it's out on Blu-ray. Yeah. If you, like, if you haven't seen it, then go watch it. Look at Spo- like a couple spoiler, seconds. Like spoiler alert, but yeah, like Coco's a great movie. Um Okay, so I think I think what really I really loved about this movie is representation. And mm. just for the fact that I'm Hispanic, like barely. I no, I'm just kidding. No, I am what are you talking about? <laughs> like barely. <laughs> okay. Anyways. I could just see my family in that movie, especially with my grandma and my great-grandma. Like, I saw my family in that movie. And I think that's why it hit me so hard at the end was just because it was my grandma and it was my great-grandma. And my great-grandma has passed a while, like, not that, like, a while ago. 
but it it just it affected me in a different way and just seeing like all the like things that they go through and like and especially in the beginning like with the tamales and just like the whole idea is just I don't know really touching to me it, yeah and I think that I think the the thing about putting Coco in my honorable mention is this, it's like it almost feels unfair mm-hmm. because it's just the movie is just tailored to Hispanics mm-hmm. and it takes place in Mexico and I'm not Mexican I'm Salvadorian but um it's still it just it resonates with me so much that 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 whole grandma thing the great grandma thing like we ha- like I have we have a great grandma right now that's um, thankfully still alive um, that has is just like her like she just um, forgets people's names and all that stuff you know and it's like <laughs> or it just reminds us of like our good friend Giselle and her grandma right now yeah exactly <laughs> like we all like Hispanic families have like it feels like every Hispanic family has had a grandmother like that or a great grandmother like that and it's just like that touches like all of our hearts and it's so cool to see that on the screen because it shows that you know we have representation too and and just and a great depiction of like representation of depi- what a perfect depiction of, of 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 hispanics and their culture um and just the story i think one of my favorite parts of coco is 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 the scene when he, when he's playing the guitar and you see him like enjoying every note he plays you, you see him like close his eyes and like just like like in what scene? Um, in... The, the scene where he's up in, in, in the oh, attic. Oh, where he's singing to... Where he's up in the attic and he's watching the videos and he's playing along to De La Cruz. And, like, mm-hmm. you see him just, like, cherish every note he plays. And that's such, like, a musician thing because um, a lot of times, we like, you'll see musicians on on in movies and they'll kind of... And it works. And they'll kind of just pass by the fact that they're good at music. But, like, they... Like, Coco does such a good job at showing you, like, his passion for it. And that's like one of those little moments where you see his passion for the music, and I think it's so perfect to see that because it just shows how much that that aspect of his life means to him. Such a quick little moment, and it's like very like brief, but it's like it it it, it has such like a resig like it just it just resonates and it sticks throughout the whole movie, and you see like a a perfect demonstration of 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 someone's love for music, someone's like deep deep love for music because i can't say i do that i can't say i listen to music and enjoy every note i hear but you see that in him and i think that's like it's it's awesome it also does a good job at the whole never meet your heroes again Mm, yeah great another great job at that yeah because you know we all have heroes and they're human not that all of our heroes murder people but or evil yeah but um again they're all human they all make mistakes and they're not who we make them out to be, um, but yeah, and I and I think the reason why, um, um, it, it's it's so good too is is the music, the actual music in the movie. Oh I yeah, I mean, again, very well rep- uh, good representation of of uh, Latin America. I mean, yeah, Latin America and music and. Well, and I, okay, so I was going to ask you. Y- but you've never seen the Book of Life, so no, I've never seen the Book of Life. Okay, so like and I'm I know not I should, but it's a good movie. I'm not, and I'm not gonna lie that when Coco, I heard that Coco was coming out, I was kind of like, why are we getting another movie like this? Day of the Dead. Like we just not that we just got it, but that we ju- we have a movie like that. But oh my gosh, it is a completely different movie in terms of Coco spends mo- the majority of the movie in the Land of the Dead, as where. Um, the Book of Life is more about them living 
mm-hmm. and then them getting back to life because they like don't want to be dead for obvious reasons. He like with what happens in the movie. Have you seen the Book of Life? Not that I'm going to ruin it for you, but also the the music that they do. They just take English versions of songs and kind of. St- stereotypically sing them in a Hispanic voice. You know what I mean? Ah. I mean, Diego Luna, he, he, he is Hispanic. I think it's Diego Luna that is the voice the of, the main, of the main character that sings yeah, their song. Yeah, he's Hispanic. He's like Guatemalan or something. See? Guatemalans are Hispanic. Talking I didn't say about they were barely. I didn't I'm say barely they Hispanic. I didn't say they weren't. I say you. I'm are. Guatemalan and I'm Mexican. Guatemalans are Hispanic. You are barely. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but yeah, he... Um, so they do like a couple of English songs, like um, "Creep." I think they do one of them. That's one of them, or like Radiohead. Yeah, I think oh. they they do that song. They just do a couple of English songs, and they like stereotypically sing them in a Hispanic voice. Oh, okay. So it's not like like in it. Whereas Coco, they it's all they make their own music. Was it? Lin Manuel Miranda, who created their music, no, he Coco's? was Mo- no, he, he did Moana. He, he did Moana. Okay, never mind. Scratch I don't that. know who did the music there. But it was it was good regardless, like, and I think um, I can't remember his name, but the who, the kid who played Miguel, great job, like great voice. Um, again, just I mean, again, like Pixar does such a good job of casting and finding people that that fit the roles they're in, and Coco was a prime example of that. But yeah, um, and we already kind of talked about Toy Story two. Um, so. And the reason why, like, Coco, the reason why Coco falls off, um, again, like, it's not like I hate the movie, but um, some of the pacing, it, there's certain points, points where, like, it, it gets a little slow. Yeah, yeah, and definitely, I... And it kind of drags, um, but, and and, I, and honestly, I, I, that's kind of another, like, reason why Toy Story 2 falls off. Really? It, it is like again, it like it doesn't like I don't not like the movie, but I think like um that whole scene when um like in Toy Story 2 when they're in Alice Toy Barn, not when uh Woody gets taken, but when when the other toys get there. You wow. I feel, I feel like it, it drags a little bit and it and it kind of like again, like it, it like I don't want to make it seem like I dislike the movie, but that's that's the reason why it falls below, like and, three, okay. three and one. And see, for three, for me, I feel like it's it borderlines a little cheesy at some points for Where? me. Like in when he, Buzz is talking, like in a Spanish accent, like or like I feel like they're kind of they threw in a little bit too much of like children, like what would make children laugh? Because I mean that stuff, like like it didn't make me laugh. But I know that it made, like, the kids that I've watched the movie with laugh. Like, I just feel like maybe there are a little too more kid jokes. I mean, it is a kid's movie. But for me, it, it, there were just some parts that were a little cheesy for me. With Toy Story 2, I mean, I, wow, I didn't know that it was a little slow for you. It, it doesn't feel slow for me. But, I mean, that's why yeah, we have different that's opinions. That's well Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I still love, that's the thing is I still love that movie. And, like, I think Toy Story 1, 2, and 3 is, like, one of the best movie trilogies like ever um but like again like none of like all of these movies have flaws like let's be honest none of them are perfect i've i don't think i've ever seen it like in my eyes obviously they seem perfect but i know they're flawed um but yeah toy story like 
tw- again, Toy Story 3 is, like, a great trilogy, and, like, again, like, not to get it misconstrued, like, I still think the movie is, like, overall, like, amazing, and, but yeah, like, that's the reason why, again, it falls under, it's just little things, like, little nitpicks, like, if I'm nitpicking here, like, that's the reason why I would put it under three and three and one, um, well, another one that's really close that almost made my list, but like just quite didn't was Nemo, Finding Nemo. Oh yeah. I mean, like, like battling out for my f- number five. Like, I know I want Inside Out on my list, but I was also debating on like I really wanted to put Nemo, and I also really wanted to put Coco. But the reason why I didn't put Coco is one is because it's it's so new, and. And, and like there are the there's pacing problems, yeah. Um, but Coco? yeah, but I mean Nemo was really really close. Oh. <coughs> Nemo, I'm surprised. I'm surprised Nemo and Wally didn't make it on your top five. Okay, why would Wally? Well, I don't really like Wally. I don't know. People just like Wally. For me, my problem with Wally. People love Wally. The my problem with Wally is kind of what my problem with Up is. In Up, the first five minutes of Up. Are amazing and so heartfelt and so amazing. But then once it gets towards the end and just like the talking dog scene, I mean, not that like talking <laughs> animals is nothing's wrong with that, but just I don't know. I just couldn't. I could not get through the ending, and I don't rewatch up. Wally, on the other hand, the first part when it's him by himself on the Earth, I love that. When they go into space, I can't handle it. I get it. I almost put Ratatouille also on my list, but I know I am in the minority when it comes to that movie. I just I, I, like I, I, Ratatouille to me is it's not again. I feel I feel like it falls in the same category as Cars, Cars One, where I don't hate the movie, um, but I don't like love it, and I don't like I'm not like oh wow that was so amazing. I think they. Sentiment is a good one, and I really like that. That um, I think the food looks amazing. I think they really good. Yeah. Do, they do a really good job at animating the food, and it makes me hungry. But um, I, I don't, don't know. I just I think at the time it's a good movie. I it's, think another reason why it just it fares well with me is just I think at the time in my life when I watched the movie, I wanted to be a chef, uh-huh. and I was young. I remember I was in like sixth grade when the movie came out, sixth or seventh. And I just it it hit all the right places oh, yeah. and checked off all the right boxes in terms of why I was like, I love this movie. I mean, I understand it's a slow movie too, and I don't really care for the parts with the humans. It's mostly the scenes with Remy the mm. rap. But anyways, back to Finding Nemo. Another one of my favorite Pixar movies, just in terms of the way that they portray the whole movie and just the bond between a father and a son. Yeah. That's a really good, like that's a, uh, I love that part of the movie. It's just, um, I think this was early on in Pixar's like run. Um, yeah. Cause Finding Nemo came out. Let me see. Finding Nemo came out in 2003. So that was around the time like Monsters Inc came out. It's around Incredibles. Incredibles came out in 2004. Monsters Inc. came out in 2001. So it's in that vicinity of, of movie time mm-hmm. line. That's good. Um, yeah. Um, again, Monsters. Or, uh, Finding Nemo. 
great movie. Um, I love those scenes. Um, I think the sharks are some of my one of uh, one of my favorite scenes. That scenes where they run into the sharks and uh, um, just uh, the whole ve- the whole aspect of them not wanting to eat fish. Oh, like being, being vegetarian. vegetarian. <laughs> and I love that. And it's um, the way they handle that, and the way that like it's like a you can tell they're just dying to eat them, but mm-hmm. they're doing their best not to. And another thing is just Dory, um, Ellen DeGeneres, another one of the uh, better voice a- voice acting performances in Pixar. Um, and she could very well, that character could very well be annoying. or It, it borderlines, like, not that Dory's annoying, but it just borderlines that, like, where it could have went off into a different direction in terms of how, like, they portrayed it. But I think that she did a great job, great character, love Dory. Another some of my favorite characters were the ones in the aquarium with Nemo. Mm. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, those are some of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah. Uh, yes, I mean, like the the just the whole idea. What do they what do they call him? Uh Um They have a nickname for him. Sharkbait. Sharkbait. They call him Sharkbait. Sharkbait, yeah. Just the whole... And the whole rituals and everything they have. Or just the idea of the plot of them trying to... Um, Escape. Okay, something I didn't think about. They didn't feature any of those characters in... in Finding Dory. Finding Dory. I wonder what happened to they them. Probably, they probably just died. That's <laughs> no, so kidding. tragic because it probably did happen. How would they ever get out of the the, the I mean, plastic they, bag? Did they, did they make it out? They made it... Okay, so oh, they made the, it out. Oh, they're in the bag. And they made uh, it in the bags... That's a that's a good question. I wonder um, what happens to them. That's like the the whole um, where's Andy's dad? Like, yes. <laughs> where's Andy's dad? That's so okay. Obviously, he's, he's either dead. dead or he's not he's in the dead picture. Beat. Yeah, dead, dead or a deadbeat. If he's a, if he's dead, rest in peace. If he's a deadbeat, um, I will not stand for this, and we will get Andy to meet his dad in Toy Story Four. No, why would you want him to meet his dad? <laughs> Do you think has... that Andy's going to come back in Toy Story 4? I hope not. I hope I think his arc is done. Yeah, me too. They should leave it alone. Um What if if any direction what do you what do you think they should carry on with the girl? Yeah. I think they can do uh, I think a, a girl owner is going to be so interesting because we haven't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw little glimpses of his sister with the Barbie. Glimpses, yeah, but not like a full fledged like he's like the main owner. She's the main owner, sorry. Um, so it's going to be fun to see. Um, never yeah. know exactly. There's nothing wrong with either, but obviously they're going for like the stereotypical type thing. Um, it's just going to be nice to see two different sides. Yeah, it's going to be just two different. If pers- it is, they go with the girl. I mean, we don't know the plot. Wait, I don't we? I thought it was that he's going to go get Bo Peep. I thought that was the plot of Toy Story 4, is that he's going to. Is it? I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I haven't been following that, but if that is, where is she? I don't know. That's we don't know. That's where we're going. She was gone after Toy Story 2. I just hope that like they can just like get to a point where they um, can live in peace and not have to leave. Because they haven't had peace in so long. Okay, so like looking a quick Google shirt, quick Google search, the Toy Story 4 plot is that Woody reunites with Bo Peep. It's just on Google. Okay, well... Well, that's going to be interesting because... Um, this was according to... That's like his girl, right? His girlfriend or something? Yeah, it's his love interest because Jesse is... It buzzes, mm-hmm, which I thought was cool. Yeah, instead of being like, oh, 
and that's and, and 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 I know you said that you didn't like the whole Spanish buzz thing, but I think that that was like also like uh, like a charming part is like when, like the way that um uh like Jesse likes it, you know, how she like ends up like in like kind of like you know digging it and like oh that was funny she, at the she end she turns yeah. him she turns him <laughs> to a Spanish mode at the end of the movie yeah and like and all that stuff and I just thought that was I mean like, the, the ending was funny but I think like I don't know I don't know. And I love. Not I was, that I don't like Toy Story no, Three. I, I mean, I do. I know, and I just love uh, like that whole like uh, like hierarchy in the in the what is it a daycare? Yeah, it's a daycare. That it, they, it's that hierarchy. Well, was it a daycare? Or was it a preschool? I think it might have been daycare. I don't know. I think it's a daycare. But yeah, I just like that whole hierarchy of like, all right, like Lotso runs things here, but like, and there's like his like henchmen, and then there's like everyone else, and his they kind of crew. Just, yeah, or, like, know. that they're, like, the to- those toys were afraid to go into the, um, like, the preschool age or the, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but, I mean, we've talked about it enough. But, yeah, Toy Story 3 is great, and t- they're all great. So, yeah, so kind of just to go over our list, do you want to re, like, say your list in order again? Just Yeah, um, let's do that. So, uh, five, Toy Story 3. Four, Inside Out, three, Toy Story, two, Monsters, Inc., and one, The Incredibles. And as for my list, um, mine goes five, Inside Out, four, Toy Story 2, three, Monsters, Inc., two, Incredibles, and then one, Toy Story. So, for now, like, after this, we are going to post both of our lists on our social media pages and kind of let everybody vote to see who the, whose list that they agree with more. And then when we come back for our next episode, we will give you guys the results. And there will be a winner, and we'll, we'll keep a tally, and this will decide who has the better of the uh, movie taste out of the two of us. Yeah. So f- as for next week, we are going to be tackling, since we, this week we did Pixar movies, Next week, we're going to tackle our top five Disney movies. I think this will be a little more broad just in terms of there are a lot of Disney movies. Because you have your princess movies, and then you have your... Which most suck, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, in today's day and age, let's be real, those aren't... They all... they They don't hold up. Yeah, they do. The music does. I don't think the messages do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the recent ones we've gotten have been a lot better um, in that aspect. Um, not I don't like Frozen, but what know, about its message? Moana, it I think, had a, did a really good job. Okay, this most recent one. Yeah, Moana did a good job. I just think that they t- with like with Disney movies they tailor towards, but then you have like the different Disney in terms of like. Fox and the Hound, like that's a whole separate. I mean, it's Disney. Oh yeah, Fox and like, the Hound's a good one. So they, so we have a whole bunch of. They have. We will. We will compile our list, and we will come. <laughs> I feel like it's all princess movies. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I do. I think it's all. And you guys will see firsthand my distaste for the old school princess movies. I think. <laughs> I will defend. Princess movies, just for the fact that if you were a girl growing up in that time oh, of no. movies, you're going to love them just as much as I do. I know. Sure, the messages may not be 
what we want our children <laughs> to. You mean, you mean us? You mean selling your voice for a man isn't something you'd want to tell your daughter? <laughs> no, I'm just the music is amazing. No, the music. The mu- That's the, uh, the music is amazing in all of those movies. And if it wasn't for the so-so message, I would see them rem- a lot more fondly. But yeah, but so we will discuss that next week. So we'll save that conversation for another day. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our first episode and joining us. And we hope that um, you'll listen again next week. So um, give uh, give this one a listen, and um, if you enjoy it, we'll be, make sure to provide more. Yep. So thanks. Bye, everybody. Later. <laughs> <laughs>